G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and those that are going to bring value to your Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm on a bit of a high after our uh, interview. We just recorded with a new AFL player, so uh, we're buzzing about that. We won't tell you who it is. We'll uh, yep. leak some clues to you over the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah. And, uh, it's, well, that might be a bit of a hint, actually. Yeah, maybe a couple cri- weeks. Yeah, a cryptic, few cryptic cl- clues hmm. over the couple of weeks, so you can see uh, when they're going to um, be on the podcast, and uh, yeah, when we air the interview. So, some exciting stuff. So, hopefully, we're buzzing for that. Um, for those who are joining us um, on the podcast, just note that we do stream live on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. We forgot to change the name of this week's podcast to you know from last week, so it does say we're looking at Adelaide, uh, Brisbane, and Carlton right now. So, apologies for those people that. <laughs> I think not. it's last week. We're not. So just <laughs> ignore the title. Ignore the title one and we'll fix those up after we finished airing. So anyway, all good. So, uh, Kays, um, we've got uh, a few remedy kombuchas here, little cheeky yeah, remedies. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually cracked this cherry plum already. I was oh, a little bit, little bit parched after that uh, interview. Well, we did, I guess so. you don't have to do the uh, the taste test because you already did it last did week. did that last week. So, so yeah. you know, it's building on the three that I gave it last I am week. Going to, um, I am going to be honest and I, I did have a couple during the week, but I had less than I normally would. So I'm just weaning off so of you've them. you've cut down on your kombucha yeah, yeah, addiction. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get off it. Hey, there's a funny story about uh, Remedy. We were texted the other day by uh, Zank's friend of the show. He was on last year saying that um, he was in a line at a petrol station and uh, a man and his, um, well, we assume is his daughter, rocked up with uh, two Remedy kombuchas, put them on the counter and he told his daughter that uh, this was the official drink of AFL fantasy. So, I don't believe it, but it's, I hope it's true. That's Warnie's going to find this very <laughs> offensive considering Furphy um, do claim to be the yeah, official drink of AFL really, fantasy. Like, if you ask most people around the place, like all the fantasy diehards, everyone is on the kombucha train, the oh, Remedy sure. train as yeah. well, not just kombucha. Exactly. Not everyone's drinking Furphy out there. No one's tweeting us pictures of Furphy. They're only tweeting us pictures of kombucha. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather remedy any day of the week over a furphy. All right, Kays, who are we looking at tonight? Uh, so we are dissecting Collingwood, Essendon and Fremantle tonight. So uh, we'll go through all the, the best 22s that I've put together, talk about a few of the players and uh, and look through them. So obviously we're not talking about any rookies again this week. It's all about, you know, your, um, your second year up players and the guys who are definitely not good enough uh, – well, too good. No, what is it? They're, too, they're on the pod. Yeah. It's hard to be the reverse of that, yeah. but we're not talking about two G2Ps. B2B, O2P, whatever. Yeah, all those players. But yeah. uh, um, we will just mention a couple things for the for those who are listening for the first time. Um, when we do refer to draft, it is about uh, a keeper league draft. So, um, talking about established keeper leagues where you are kind of topping up um, your teams, which have already kept, you know, 10, 15 kind of players or more. Um, so don't get confused with that. And 2G4P, we had a question about this on Twitter today, I think. 2G4P stands for too good for the pod. Now, yep. we kind of pride ourselves at the keeper league, but not talking about the Scott Pendlebury's, the Nat Fife's, the, you know, that really good players. We don't want to talk about them. We'll let other podcasts talk about them. Yep. We're not focused. They're because, owned in keeper leagues. Because they're already yeah. owned. Like yeah. And obviously we'll get a few new uh, Keeper League uptakes this year, obviously with uh, the AFL website, bring it on. We'll do a special pod about that, but we talk about the guys who aren't mentioning all that stuff, all the guys who are gold, all the guys who are, are left behind, and they're the ones that we want to talk about. So if they're a good average, we're not interested. They're 2G4P. All right. I might try to say too good for the pod a few more times in an episode Just to every now there. and then. Okay. Actually, we forgot to hit the button as the background, but there we go. <laughs> 2G4P. That's, what it, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get stuck in the first team. First up, we have the Collingwood Magpie. Good old 
Rightio, so I'm going to go through my best 22 for Collingwood this year. So starting the back line, Jeremy Howe, uh, Jordan Roughhead and John Noble. Then Jack Crisp, Darcy Moore and Braden Maynard. Josh Dacos, Scott Pendlebury and Will Hoskin-Elliott. Then forward line of... Uh, Jordan Degoe, Brody Mychek, Jamie Elliott, then Josh Thomas, Mason Cox, and Callum Brown, with Brody Grundy, still side bottom, and Taylor Adams, uh, then interchange of Isaac Quainor, Chris Main, Tyler Brown, and Jack Madgen, and uh, my emergencies are Braden Sear, Trent Bianco, Caleb Poulter, and Darcy Cameron. All right, so you don't have Braden Sire in the side case. Why is that? I don't. Uh, I just don't trust him. I'm going to talk about Braden Sire a bit more. Um, I just don't necessarily think just because uh, Adam Trelaw's gone that Braden Sire slots straight into that side. So, um, yes, he's more than – I just want to see a bit in the preseason from him before I get too excited about Braden. All right. Um, and what about Will Kelly? There's a lot of people on the Twitter that uh, are talking about Look, Will Kelly and you don't have him on your side. Uh, once again, there's lots of hype, but saying that he's only played one AFL game, so I'm not just going to slot someone in just off a bit of uh, last name hype. So that's where I'm uh, sitting with Will Kelly at the moment. Okay, let's move on to some players. Oh, first of all, we had a lot of um, calls about Josh Dacos uh, during the week. Um, well, a lot of tweets about Josh Dacos during the week. He is way too G4P. So yeah. we, I'm um, oh, sorry, I should hit the button. 2G4P. Way so, too G4P. Yeah. So maybe we uh, just have to make sure that, uh, yeah, you understand the concept of 2G4P and we can't talk about guys that pretty much started in the, um, well, averaged in the uh, top 150 on in the competition. Anyway, first player we're going to talk about is John Noble. So he solidified his spot in the side last season, uh, averaged 61.3, which is only a bee's dick away from 2G4P. But uh, look, had a slow start to the uh, season. After round nine, he put up some great numbers last season um, towards the end of the year. So 96 in round nine versus the Dockers. And this kind of kick-started his season. Um, from now on, round nine onwards, um, he averaged 68, which is an 85 BCV. So, look, I dare say he'd be kept in most leagues, but if he if he wasn't, then I reckon drafting with confidence. What do you think, guys? Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a John Noble fan. I just love his consistency. Um, he's just been pretty good for the basically a year and a half since he got in that uh, mid-season draft into to Collingwood. So um, probably not the sexiest player and probably one that's, as he said, always going to get thrown back into pools. But I think especially if you're booting for a flag, um, he's one that you want to look at because he's just super, super reliable. So um, definitely uh, close to 2G4P. But uh, yeah, obviously very, very handy. Um, uh, onto a guy that I traded to you a couple of years ago, Jordan yeah, Degoe. Uh, I haven't really reaped the rewards just yet, Jordan Degoe. I suppose he's uh, either bloody stiff or lucky, if you think of it uh, positively, to make it onto this pod because uh, you wouldn't have thought he's um, pod worthy. But look, his 74 average in 2020, uh, down from 84 and 82 in 2019 and 2018, uh, probably suggests he had a bit of a quieter year last year. And look, really, he has been a bit underwhelming, but saying that, uh, there's plenty of positives. He's 24 and probably a genuine F2, maybe even F1, depending on how weak your side is um, for most sides. So I think the frustration with uh, being a Jordan to go owner like I am is that um, he just doesn't string a full season together. He always seems to be injured or he's got a niggle um, or suspended or something like that. So we know his best is brilliant. Uh, He's actually had 13 tons tons in his last five seasons, which is very, very good going. Um, What I do like is a genuine forward too. So he can pinch it in the guts when he needs to. And I think he's actually going to do this a bit more this year. We we know that Trelaw is not there. He has a bit of that speed that Trelaw had. Um, You know, guys like Pendlebury, side bottom, not as quick as they used to be, um, you know, even you're talking uh, Brown or Sire, 
um, slower too. So I reckon we'll see a bit more of uh, goey in the midfield this year. And look, if he's fit and plays a full season, I reckon he's a, a top 20 forward, no doubt at all. And there's a lot of talk out of Collingwood. He's fit and flying. So I'm excited about what he can bring this year. Let's move on to Isaac Quainer. So he had a pretty good start to his career. He played four games in 2019 for an average of 60.8. And last year he went at 54.3. So that was a BCV of 67.8. So he improved last year. And I really like guys who kind of improve, you know, the 7-8, pushing towards the 10 points per game in their first two years because it generally means that they go another 10 the uh, time after. I've got no hard evidence on that, but just Mm. on my observation, like Mm. generally they do, especially if they're like a fantasy-friendly type player. So, look, his top score of last year was 84 in round 14 against the Blues. Um, He had 20 disposals, five marks, and five tackles. So, Howe should return at some stage, although he's not training yet. So, that's a a positive for Quayna there because he might hold his spot for a bit longer. But even with, you know, Howe coming in, he is 30 and, you know, Quayna does look like the one of those halfback flankers for the future. Mm. There is a he's a very crowded backline there, so um yeah, not too sure where he fits in if everyone's fit and firing along. You know your Maynards, your Crisps, and all that. Mm. Um so but yeah, look, I think long term he's definitely going to be one to go to. I'm pretty sure last year Quayna was one guy that we always talked about. He never really had the the fantasy numbers as a junior. Yeah, but both of us always kind of looked like the look of how he actually went about it. He uh, there was something about him in terms of uh, he just passes the I suppose the eye test of what a good fantasy player looks like. He's got that speed, uh, uses the ball really nicely off the, the halfback flank. So um, I've got no doubt that there'll be a lot of coaches around Australia who are pretty keen to lock him in into their sides because he's just got that. He just looks good. And I think I think there's something there. Definitely. Uh, Braden Sire. Right. So uh, for those who missed out, I didn't have him in my uh, Collingwood Best 22. He was on my emergency list. And uh, there's a reason for this because talking about Braden Sire is basically like talking about a unicorn. They're both <laughs> majestical but mythical. Now, he's only played 17 regular season games in three years, which is just not good enough for someone with so much supposed talent. So he's obviously done some dumb things in the past. He has... Um, looked up, uh, sorry, he thought he's called himself fill in for a basketball game yep. and then obviously went and injured himself and potentially that might've hurt himself with uh, Bucks's coach and the, the Collingwood hierarchy. But look, for me, if he doesn't get a game in 2021, he never will. Now, you got Trelaw out, out, sorry. Uh, your boy Rupert Wills is out as well. He's oh, been delisted. How sad. And that was probably the biggest challenger to his spot over the last year and a half. Like Wills is playing really good footy. So um, look, there's just, it has to be his time. But I'm just worried that some guys might have gone past him. We've talked about Josh Dacos at the top there. Um, you know, he's playing through that wing a bit more, but, you know, he's been um, dominating in terms of uh, fantasy numbers there. But Callum Brown um, potentially has just jumped past him at least out of as a best 22 spot. But even uh, Tyler Brown, who's that bigger uh, body mid jumped uh, sire at times last year. So, look, for me, uh, if he plays, he'll score well. And his points per number... Points per minute numbers are insane. Look, uh, 2018, he averaged 75 from 66% time on ground, which is nuts. So uh, if he can go at that, he's going to be a very good scorer. But um, I just have doubts whether he's going to play. Look, he's a good tackler. Um, his kick to handball ratio isn't great. But look, for me, I don't know. I just can't trust him. And he's going to be one of those guys where you keep him and he's going to be a Great move for your side, or you delist him, and he's going to come back and pay. I just don't. I just don't know if there's a win-win here. I completely understand why you don't trust him, but that said, I still think there's an enormous opportunity for him this season. So 
I think he'll be given a chance at some stage. Mm. And I do think he has the footy now to actually, you know, prove himself and make something of himself. Depend like, you know, if depending as long as he's doing the right things off field, getting his body right, not doing stupid things like playing games yeah. on a Monday night in the uh, in the C grade men's side. Mm. Um yeah. I think he I think he will give it, get given a chance and I think he'll surprise a few. That's fair. I think you're like in the regular AFL fantasy format, you might be able to have a crack at him, but as a keeper, like he's taking a spot and he needs a big preseason, that's all I'm saying. He needs a very, very big preseason. Otherwise, he's uh, never been talked about again in my my lips. You don't really understand the pricing system and break-evens and stuff, do no, you, No, I don't. Yeah, I thought it makes sure people our <laughs> listeners know that. Uh, I don't, have no idea about salary cap. Don't I take, just mentioned things don't every Don't uh, yeah, <laughs> salary cap. He I don't might think be priced anyway. to, I don't know. I, don't, I think he's expensive for what he will probably produce, but anyway. But he's so good, though, Hef, apparently, no, according no, to you. No, that's okay. not what I mean. He, I say we give an opportunity and he might go, okay. Uh, let's move on to Tyler Brown. So, we talked about, you talked about side just then. So, he's another one kind of fighting for a similar type mm-hmm. role. I guess. Um, big chance to step up this year. So Phillips and Trelaw got on. They, they could open up some opportunities for him. Um, he's clearly rated at uh, Collingwood because he was given opportunities last season. So he only averaged 38, but they can, they you know persisted with him, which, mm. was, uh, which was a good thing, I think. Um, but yeah, the opportunity was given and the type of role he played. So he did kind of start outside and then he, he's kind of built as a, an inside midfielder. So he will, um, he will move in there eventually. So that's why he's probably one that takes uh, you know, some of Trelaw's time in there. Um, as long as he gets a run, I could see some big improvements this year. I wouldn't be giving up heaps, but I'd probably draft in the mid rounds. I had mid late but I'll probably draft him mid yeah. maybe even mid early yeah. depending on how the preseason goes and see how he's um and see how he's tracking if he's looking like making the best 22 he's definitely worth grabbing because there's potential well for me he's got runs in the boy so you know they were playing him last year as a really untried kid when they could have taken sire or played sire um, similar kind of guys I'm I'm keen just to have a look at him this year. I think there's something about him. All right, Kays, let's talk about the next bloke. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about his brother. And he is easily the guy I was most disappointed in from a fantasy perspective in 2020. He dropped his average by about eight points per game from 2019, going from a 65 average to a 57. Um, Probably came down more to the fact that he never got a really good run in that midfield last year, which I think we both thought that he'd naturally progress. But basically got stuck on that um, half-forward flank, forward pocket and and played that small pressure forward role. But unfortunately, only managed to kick six goals, which is uh, well below average. So he had a 73, which uh, equates to a 91 BCV, um, which was his best outing. But uh, look, 10 of the 14 games, he failed to hit 50 points, which is just not good enough. So uh, Josh Dacos came from nowhere to, to jump him for that better fantasy role and even his younger brother got some more midfield minutes over him now I actually don't have any worries about him not being in their best 22 going forward I think he plays that small 40 kind of role very very well but if he plays the role that he did last year it's not very fantasy relevant if there's a chance that he can sneak into that midfield or even just play a bit more of a higher half forward role, um, I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, obviously, no Trelaw could help, but he does have the fantasy the fantasy forward status, of course. Uh, for me, he's just not a keeper um, and he's apparently been injured the preseason. So, I think uh, he kind of slides down to a mid-range pick there. One that could come uh, and pay you back nicely if he uh, does get some good game time. But at this stage, uh, just a bit wary of his long-term role, Callum Brown. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think he's going to get the midfield time that we thought he was, uh, you know, initially that would make him a good fantasy scorer. So, uh, you know, as a forward type, he's going to be handy um, eventually. Like, I don't see that anytime soon, especially with the preseason he's having that's been a bit interrupted. Um, yeah, I don't uh, – he's not one I'm looking at. That's what I'm 
trying to say, really. Um, just one of the monitors for Collingwood. So, uh, Trent Bianco, uh, he averaged 103 in the uh, NAB League a couple of years ago. And he's a ball winner that plays across the halfback flank. And he plays the right type of game um, for fantasy. He's actually been likened to Jake Lloyd. So, they're big raps there. Just not sure how he gets a run at, at Collingwood right now. We're talking about Quainer, um, you know, probably taking a step up this year. You know, you've got Sire. No, not Sire. You've got um, Maynard and you've got um, Crisp in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, it's just going to see. It's going to be hard to see how he gets that kind of running um, defender role. But if he does get a chance, say there's an injury or something like that, or he's yeah. just knocking down the door, um, he's worth grabbing in a draft. But if you can, try to grab him late. Like we play rookie lists. So if you can try to get him there, he'd be an awesome get because I reckon a lot of people will probably forget about him. Yeah, we'll have him around that um, 26 kind of player uh, role. You know, I think Kyler Poulter is another one who might be able to slide into that yeah. um, Collingwood side if there's some injuries. So um, yep. definitely, definitely keep an eye out for Bianco. All right, uh, that wraps up Collingwood and we'll move on to Essendon. The greatest club in Australia. All right, Kay, you got a best 22 for us? I do. Let me fire away. Hopefully you can hear this one. It is uh, studying the back line, Aaron Francis, Cal Hooker and Mason Redman. Uh, half back line, Devin Smith, Michael Hurley and Jordan Ridley. Uh, through the midfield, Darcy Parrish, Dyson Heppel and Andrew McGrath. Half-forward line of Will Snelling, Peter Wright, and Kyle Langford. Then we've got Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody playing footy in the forward pocket with Jake Stringer and Jaden Laverde with Sam Draper, Dylan Shill, and Zach Merritt in the ruck. On the pine, Nick Hind, Jai Caldwell, David Zaharakis, and Brandon Zerk-Thatcher. Um, in my emergency line, I've got Paddy Ambrose, Tom Cutler, Archie Perkins, and Matt Guelfi. Uh, just looking at it, the big one, the only, like, none of them, the, the things I'm going to say aren't really fantasy relevant, mm-hmm. so I'm not even sure why I bring yep. them up. Um, Patrick Ambrose, so he was a regular in 2009, spent 2020 out injured. You don't have him playing a key uh, defensive role look, over Kyle Hooker? He's around the mark. I've had a bit of a... Not Twitter beef, but I've been in a few Twitter conversations today. Oh, that's unlike you. Uh, I'm not really a beef guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> You love lashing out. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you bullshit. Um, how it all kind of fits, and I think potentially uh, a few of us great Essendon minds might have put our heads together, and maybe Carl Hooker might have plowed forward, which does bring Ambrose uh, to the back line there. Um, even people are talking about, um, you know, even giving one of the rookies a, a go, which I'm not quite sure just yet. We're a bit weak and, and small up forward, which is a big issue. You know, like Peter Wright's the only guy over uh, 200 centimetres or, you know, he's a big guy. You're talking about Laverde, Stringer, um, they're all, and even Langford, have, if you had to play forward, is that that mid-forward kind of role. So um, that's the big one. Does like, Thatcher come in there and play uh in the back line as well. Yeah. There's a few things that can shift around. And yeah. I, I think someone like uh, Zaha Rikes is also, you know, one bad game away from not playing again. And then you've got like a Guelphie or, or someone. Yeah. I was going to mention Guelphie. Like, it's not that like, I think he, you know, generally needs to be in the side. Like, I'm not sure, like, you know, if there's a hole there for him or anything like that, but he's someone who does, you know, float in and out of there. I don't know whether he's going to be fan- fantasy relevant. Does James yeah. Stewart still play? He's still around. But, yeah, you yeah. know, once again, he could, be, never, he could be just someone that comes. He's in never really line. done it for me, no. and I think you know. When you, fantasy, you're either. looking at that side. I think it's close to your strongest side. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's get on to one of my boys. That is, is Jai okay. Caldwell. Firstly, firstly, <laughs> listeners. So Hef puts the show docs together of who we can talk about during the week, and I haven't had one of my boys yet. It's just this. There's 
This is there's something going on, mate. They're just suggestions. You can add whoever you want. All right. You yeah, but then when I do get angry at me, you're no, like, "Oh, you should have talked about that guy." I'll, I'll, I'll prove the text message. I'll say, "Add who you want." Is what I said to you. <laughs> All right, uh, one of my boys, Jai Caldwell. So he's currently uh, the number one forward in the Hoofers. That's my team. Um, after losing uh, Jordan Dawson and Andrew Brayshaw out of the forward line this year, so um, that's how highly I rate him. But he was also rated highly at GWS as well. So he was their first pick a couple of years ago on the draft. I don't. I think it was in the teens, still or maybe late. Like nine or something like that. Um, but yeah, he was ahead of Haitley, which goes to show everyone thinks he's going to break out this year. So mm-hmm. he was actually picked ahead of him in the draft. But he hasn't really gone big yet. So he averaged 54.2 last season, but it's not it's not huge. But he fits the mold for me. So he's a third-year player who's, who's improved on his second, which is what I like. So he's gone 55 in his first year, then a 67.5 BCV in the second season. And I do like that he's kind of improved, you know, over 10 points per game. So that's a big um, sign for me. Because, you know, if he goes up to 77 next year as a forward, you're going to take that. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Um, with GWS, where he was playing, he was thrown around a bit. So he played forward, so that explain, like, explains why he's got forward status. But when he did go in the midfield, he did look like a genuine inside gun. Mm-hmm. Um, landing at Essendon, I think he'll play that role week in, week out. So just don't counting him keeping forward status, I think, is the big one. He'll just be like Andrew Brayshaw this season. Break your forward. So, yeah, well... He, he, he warms your heart first of all because he plays so well <laughs> then he breaks and it and then he breaks it by mm. losing forward status yeah. so yeah I think he'll be a gun though fantasy scoring wise I don't see like I don't see him being like one of those 110 average type players but I think he can be a solid 95 to 100 type that just rounds out your midfield nicely as a Bombers man Kays, I know you're pretty excited about him mm-hmm. what's your opinion on Jai Caldwell uh, very excited we got him um, for me look just when I was watching some GWS games last year there'd be patches where you're just kind of watching the footy and then you look at the stats and cold got six kicks in, you know, yeah. 10 minutes. So he kind of accumulates the ball without really doing anything too flashy. He just uses it nicely, gets a few kicks here and there. Um, I think this is the year we're going to find out a lot more about him in terms of, you know, what he can become. I'm not against your call, but saying that there's a chance he could become a really, really big pig. But um, I think this is the year we're going to find out. He's going to get opportunity to do it at the Dons this year. Um, we need some classy ball users around there. Hopefully he can put a bit of size to his frame because um, action, action Jackson Haitley is uh, beating him there. His biceps are huge. So um, if he can uh, put on some frame, uh, get in that Dons midfield, we can um, yeah, really see what he's about this year, I think. But look, saying that, um, mid-forward, you've got a free swing at him this year. It's a, an absolute gift. All right, because I'm on a roll, I'll keep going. Okay, you go. All right. Uh, Sam Draper. So, here is the new number one ruck for Essendon. So, oh, yeah. Tom Bell Chambers is retired. So, there's a new sheriff in town. His name's Sam Draper. Um, Slippery Sam Jaker. Draper is his sheriff name. Is that right? Um, Slippery. I, I made that up. Uh, <laughs> tried to try like, yeah, cowboy. Yeah. Um, look, we told listeners to get on board during last preseason. So, I'd like to hear from anyone that did because he went pretty late in our draft. I think in the rookie draft uh, even. And there was a lot of – I was eyeing him off there and – you know, one of the coaches got him about three picks ahead of me, which is frustrating. But look, he um, debuted in round nine uh, last season, only averaged 50.6, but he's going to have all the time in the world invested into him in the next couple of years. He's got Andrew Phillips behind him, but he's only there in case of emergency, yep. in case the big guy goes down. <clears throat> I know they did rotate him with Bell Chambers last year, but I think that was just coming off a knee, um, trying to get him in. So I reckon he'll be playing full-time in the right next year. Um, 
Look, he did battle with some, against some of the experienced Ruckman last season, but look, I'm still willing to see what he can do because if you look at his numbers, the, the, the established Rucks he played against, he was down a little bit on as well, but I think he was playing in tandem in some of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he definitely held his own against the lesser Rucks. So with more development, I think he will be uh, on the right track. I'm not expecting huge things straight away. I'm not expecting him to go out and be Brady Grundy next year or anything like that, but just bide your time because I do like him long-term. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, he's a 22-year-old Ruckman who's played about eight games, so he still needs a bit of time in the system, needs time to develop. Um, so if you're keen on him, I'd, I'd get involved. But at the same time, don't be too upset if he has some really quiet games this year or has a period of time out to rest or, you know, to fluctuate with um, Phillips in there. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I'm keen on him being a, a good scorer long term. I think it's just still another year away from really, really seeing if he's going to be uh, the bee's knees or not. But um, I still think you'll get a pretty serviceable year out of him points-wise because um, I don't really see them playing Phillips unless they, ha- unless they have to. Um, he's that breaking case of emergency type. So um, I think he'll be doing most of the ruck work as well because, you know, the tool we've got in that side is uh, two-meter Peter. So um, I'm pretty confident that Draper should have a, a pretty solid year and hopefully on to bigger and better things in the future. All right. Let's move on to a new recruit at Essendon. That could be pretty mm, interesting. Yeah, an interesting pickup from the Dons to select 26-year-old Nick Hind. Um, look, Sada McKenna were obviously the um, – the guys that we had running out of our defense last year and, and we've lost that pace. So I think they've tried to do that um, with bringing Hind into the side. Now, for me, where he'll play is a big question because if he goes to a halfback flank, then I think he could be a nice get as a forward fantasy-wise. But if he plays that forward role like he did at times at St. Kilda, um, I'm a bit more unsure of him in 2021, I think. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what his um, arrival at the club means to someone like Guelphie or, or Cutler, um, who I... Um, had him in over the side, over the top of uh, even Mason Redmond as well, who's kind of um, might be just that guy who's neither big nor tall, uh, big nor small. Yeah, in there. And, I know, know what you're trying to say. You know, he's just that in-between <laughs> size where he's not going to play all key back or he's not good enough to be a pure running back. So, uh, Hind had his best game as a forward last year for the Saints, uh, kicked three and had 105 BCV against the Swans. So, I don't think he's going to be an answer to the Dons or your fantasy problems, um, but he could be handy enough. He might be someone who um, just fills a gap for you for, for um, you know, half of a season. But, you know, if you're talking about new recruits to clubs, I'm talking Haley Caldwell, not Nick Hines. So, yeah. um, look, it'll be a pre-season monitor purely for um, where he lines up. If he does kind of get some halfback time, maybe uh, have a bit of a harder look at him. But for me, he's kind of like a mid to late draft and just kind of see what happens. So you don't see him stepping in facade? No, I well, I'm keen on Devin Smith playing that role. Yeah, and I think okay. Ridley back there is going to be good. Look, I probably would even see Cutler playing that, you know, actually getting a good go at halfback flank if they want. But the thing about Essendon is, you know, we've come from worst fold coaching them to now Rutten. And yes, Rutten had his fingers in, you know, a bit of what was going on last year. But, you know, we could see some big shakeups, you know, whether it is Smith playing as a halfback flank or Heppel playing as a halfback flank. You don't really know just yet. So yeah. um, for the Dons and Dons fans, it's going to be very interesting. Um, Marsh series or whatever they want to call it. Cool. All right, let's move on to a senior uh, Essendon player who is back to the pod mm. this week. So, this is, of course, Dyson Heppel. So, skip B2P, welcome Dyson. Good to have you here. Hopefully, you're not around too long. But uh, look, he had a troubled year with injury, all right? So, he could only manage three games for the year. And uh, the ankle like that he, he's had for the last two seasons, I think it is, is just still wreaking havoc. So, mm. he averaged 41.3 last season, which is no good. Uh, didn't even 
bother adjusting that for BCV because it wouldn't have improved it that much. Uh, but look, he averaged 100 plus four years in a row from 2014 to 2018. And he still had 93.8 in 2019, even though he was plagued by the same injury. He kind of just played and pushed through it. So look, Recently, he was seen at training with uh, oh. watching from the sidelines with his foot in a bucket of ice. Yeah, with Tommy Brown with his little you know camera phone out snapping pics. Well, there's at least there's footage. What do you think he photoshopped it? Oh, well, like <laughs> put a bucket in front of him. Sorry, <laughs> footballer has you know foot in a bucket of ice. That happens at every football club all around Australia multiple times a week. Maybe after their training, not while the rest of the team's training. Oh, man, he's just having, he's veteran he can just take anyway, time off anyway we can discuss this uh, all night but anyway um, look he maintains himself that was just precautionary and he'll be right and the interest true okay the interesting thing though and a lot of people are talking about this is he's tipped to move to the halfback line this season which could be real handy for owners that need mm-hmm. a defender do you think that's going to come to fruition and can you trust him with his injuries case that's the two main questions look who knows you know it's, I think it's a a bad injuries he's, he's had, so that's obviously a bit concerning for coaches. Um, can I see him on a halfback line? Only, I think, if he's really not that fit. I think they'll do it just as like, you know, having a good ball user and your captain out there. That would be the reason they do it. I think if he's fit and ready to go, he's going to play midfield. You know, I'd want to see something happen in the preseason for me to get excited about this. And if you're starting up a keeper leg or you're trading for him purely on the fact that you think he's going to get back status, I wouldn't buy into that. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll move on to another fossil of the side case. Yes. Uh, David Zaharakis. I say fossil. Heppel's like, what, 28? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really a fossil. Old in national terms. But uh, David Zaharakis, the poor boy has fallen off a cliff. Uh, so let's look at some stats. 2018, average 97. Good going. 2019, down to 79. Mm. Then 2020, averaged a BCV 68. So in two years, basically, he's dropped 31 points per game, which is crazy. Um, so he just snuck into my best 22. And look, that's probably more for his experience. Um, but, you know, guys like Guelphie, uh, Cutler, even Archie Perkins could steal his spot. Um, and they'll, he'll, they'll be breathing down his neck for sure. I think... Uh, I might have read that he might even have a bit of an injury niggle this year, uh, Zaharakis already, which is not good for that him. That is not good. Look, he played some really, really bad games last year and was a bit of a, a leader in trying to get him dropped because I don't think he was adding that much. He did improve towards the end of the year, but um, in his defense, he was probably played out of his position as playing this kind of a small 40 role or yeah. a half forward flank, and that's not really his go. He's played his best footy in the midfield wing or half back. So he gets the forward status this year, which is you know, good, but for me, he's just a no-touch player. I think he'll have the occasional good game, but now I think he's firmly in that team role phase of his career, which is super bad news for fantasy coaches. Uh, I think Nathan Jones, Jordan Lewis recently, where they've gone from being great scorers and then they just, you know, filling in a back pocket or, you know, doing a tagging role or doing this and that. So they're there to play that team role um, and potentially he's probably one of the first guys that can get dropped for some youth at some stage. So I think he's unkeepable, undraftable and I'd avoid. So sorry, yeah. David. We're here to give you advice and the mm-hmm. advice is do not touch this yeah. guy. There'll uh, be a lot of people tempted out there. Uh, and look, sometimes it might pay off, but I can't see it. I yeah. just can't see it. Yeah. Uh, I'll go again. Mason Redmond. So um, he's a guy who really got shafted by the rise of Jordan Ridley. I thought we, uh, I think we both thought he'd have a pretty good yep. 2020, but uh, the Riddler came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, we've, we, we kind of had him pegged as that attacking, uh, intercepting defender, but that's obviously been taken from him. So 
I think he's almost going to have to play that if he wants a spot in that side, that, you know, third tall defender. Uh, and, and he plays it well, but the thing is it's not really conducive to great fantasy scoring because you have to play more of a lockdown role. So you actually saw that last year um, when he went from a 69 average in 2019 to a 58 average last year. So, And they only had the two 60-plus scores, which is probably not good enough. So as I've said, I think uh, Fritzy Smith will head back uh, into that defense and provide that run with Ridley. Um, which kind of leads Redmond as the week-to-week scoring proposition depending on his role, depending if he's playing tall, lockdown, etc. And really, you know, I think Hooker, Hurley, Francis, potentially even, you know, Cox and Reid, the two draftees might f- um, float through the back there. So unfortunately, if you invested in, in him last year, I think you've um, maybe got a little bit of a dud, but I don't think that's us. I think that's due to the rise of Jordan Ridley. Um, you can draft him as, as late cover for defense, but um, I'm not too excited about his prospects this year. Yeah, I've got him in my side and he will definitely be going back to the draft pool. There's still some chance, I think. Depends on what happens in terms of makeup of the side injuries. New coach this year, isn't there as well? So yeah. who knows what you know the role could play. Worth picking up late, I reckon, because he's the yeah. kind of guy who should play most weeks yeah. and handy to have his cover. Yes. And he has shown fantasy potential yeah. in the past. Oh, he's, a, so. he's a great cover option. I just don't, yeah. I think he's... He's not going to do what Jordan really did this year. Nah. Like he, he's he's missed that boat. Yeah. Draft late and, you know, hopefully just he's good cover for you. Yeah. yeah. Now, we've had a uh, little listener suggestion for this last one. It's Ned Kale. So, uh, a bit of digging into Nedley. Uh, well, it was good to see him play some games last year. I did enjoy watching him go about it. I just don't see him adding a heap of games this year. Look, this is despite rumours uh, of him tearing up the track. He's got that preseason hype. Wow, no one um, does that in the preseason. Yeah, but uh, I think a lot will come down to injuries for him. Um, look, especially as we don't have a very tall forward line, so there's a lot of guys who are playing that smaller role. So, um, you know, if Stringer, Laverde are fit, um, you've got uh, Tipper, Snelling, even Irving Mosquito, who I rate quite well, um, playing through the half-forward Roll, you know, does Zaharakis play forward? I don't know. You know, you've got Hine and Caldwell. They can also play forward. Mm. I just think he just keeps getting bumped down, bumped down, bumped down. Um, look, he's still young, but to be honest, he, he averaged 38 last year, which is um, not too great. And I think he's going to benefit from a bit of VFL football this year, get some more muscle, get some more um, game experience, and then we'll see what happens uh, in the future. But if you can, I think you can stash him. I think you can take him late and it probably won't cost you a cent. Yeah, I think even, you know, if he does, you know, get a few games and stuff like that, I just don't think he'll be a good fantasy scorer. So, he seems more of me like a role player. He's the goal assist type, not the really guy who kicks him. He'll sneak a few, I guess, but apparently his, you know, his big thing was his score involvements and the way he brings others into the game. So, it's just, yeah. I don't, you don't get points for that, unfortunately. Um, so, I just don't think he'll score well consistently. I will say he averaged 81 in the NAB League, but there was guys going huge in the NAB League and under 19. And I guess I like looking at the underrated championships because that's when you're playing against the best of the best. And he only Average 59 there. So, um, yeah, he doesn't just – it just doesn't scream fantasy scorer for me. Mm. That's all. All right. There's probably – the last three Ks we um, didn't actually advise for any of them. So, it probably goes to um, see the state of Essendon's list really because they're all like three that you should not draft. <laughs> no, no, you can draft. You can draft Redden, but it's cover. I'm just not touching Zaharakis and probably not Cahill. Yeah. All right. You know, you, you need to give these words of advice. You can't say everyone's going to be a gun. Yeah, I know, I know. Unfortunately, you can't get, you know, 40 blokes in the 22. Just pointing out it's probably indicative of Essendon at the moment. That's all. <laughs> Come on, man. We've got the truck in charge now. I'm going to kick him while he's down. All right. Let's move on to Fremantle. Oh, 
All right, Kays, have you got a best 22 for us? I sure do, Heffer. We have backline Luke Ryan, Joel Hamling, and Ethan Hughes. Halfback line of Nathan Wilson, Brennan Cox, and Hayden Young. Uh, across the wing, Blake Akers, Andrew Brayshaw, and James Aish. Uh, Half-forward line, Michael Walters, Matt Tabernard, and David Mundy. And we've got Sam Sturt, Rory Lobb, and Lockie Schultz in the forward lines with uh, Sean Darcy, Nat Fife, and Adam Chera in the ruck. Then we've got Darcy Tucker, Caleb Sarong, Liam Henry, and Alex Pierce on the bench. Um, and then emergencies, Reese Conker, Connor Blakely, Nathan O'Driscoll, and Griffin Lowe. I think you're like, I know Liam Henry, he didn't play last year, did yeah, he? He did. I oh, did, yeah. did he? I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but yeah, well, I think you're pretty spot on with the actual selections, more positioning and stuff people argue about. I don't really care about that. It's more about who will play and who won't because, you know, where they where they named and line up is really where they play anyway. So that's another thing for fantasy coaches. A lot of people get hyped up on, oh, so-and-so is named on a wing. Like, he's not going to play there mm-hmm. like each week. So um, yeah, that's another thing just to take into account. But yeah, like I said, I think you've picked it pretty well. Um, I just I was just thinking maybe someone like O'Driscoll or Chapman, no tra- chances of draftees get a look in early? Potentially. Look, I think O'Driscoll's the one uh, I'd have in there. But at the same time, they've got a lot of guys, you know, you're looking at Tucker. I think Sarong's probably next level up. If you go Tucker, Henry, um, Conker, Blakely, if he gets back in the good books, you know, there's a lot of, you know, wing half 40 kind of players at, at um, Fremantle. So probably a tough spot to break into. I'd be interested to see what happens with someone like, um, you know, Sam Sturt or Alex Pierce, you know, those kind of taller blokes um you know with, with how that kind of fits in i think their their spine's gonna be interesting to see but um yeah be interesting with uh, how many kind of smaller guys they've got who gets that run but odriscoll's one you could definitely have a look at i think for sure all right let's get stuck into some players who you got first case righty i'm gonna start off with sean darcy the big ruckman and i think he'd actually be breaking the breakout tracker but probably not in the good way he's actually got worse <laughs> In each season since 2017, it's it's mind-blowing. He's gone from 83 to 73 to 69 to 65. Jeez. Which is, I was shocked when I actually saw that. Now, I did actually put him into the breakout tracker and he's just below the top 20 rucks at this stage because the best thing is he's only 22. And now at his age, most rucks wouldn't, wouldn't have played 40-odd games like he has. You know, we talked about Sam Draper before. He's played like eight. So... You know, I think you've got a guy who has had a lot of time in the system, got a lot of experience. I think this year could actually be one with plenty of upside for him. Now, we know that Ruckman take a while to develop. He's definitely still in that mold. So if he can come back, you know, fitter this year, I think, and probably stronger, um, that would be fantastic. The best thing about Sean Darcy, the more I thought about it um, when I was doing my research is... He could actually be quite cheap now in startup drafts because yeah. he was the 19th highest averaging Ruckman last year. And that's probably unders in terms of what he can produce in the future. You know, if people are not really on the game when you're starting up a new keeper league, you know, he's 22. He's going to be the number one Ruckman at Fremantle for a long time. He probably had a bit of a bad year last year and there's still so much upside. So I think um, he needs to capitalize this year, you know, coming into his basically his, his fifth year when it's time to go. But, um, yeah, I've got some positivity about Big Sean. He's the kind of Ruckman that, like, just with his injury history, you have to keep him because he's their number one Ruck when he's fit. He's going to play each week and he does have the potential to score so well. It's just with the injuries and then Fremantle – there's no real obvious handcuff or no one that's going to come in and really score well as well. So it's like, yeah, it's just a really hard situation if you do own him, but you've got to keep the faith if you do, I mm. feel. Um, because yeah, he's got, he'll be a good right man if he gets fit. So let's just pray he gets that body right. Mm. Do you see him getting his body right? Um, yeah. Look, it's just, I think when you're that big and that 
tall, like you're going to have some issues. You know, like someone yeah. like Sandy was never consistently playing every week, you know, especially towards the twilight of his career. Yeah. I think when you just built like he is, you just have a few of those niggles. So is it Sandy twilight years at this young age already? Yeah, but it's kind of like a, what's it, a bell curve. <laughs> okay, you, know, you come back. Like you yeah. come back. All so right. you kind of, he's 22, man. So like he's still going to have great Ruckman years from 23, 24 to 28, 29. You know, I think they're still, he's still coming to his prime. Sure. All right. Let's go with that. I'm being positive, man. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that you're positive. But yeah. just because you're positive doesn't mean it'll come, you know, to fruition. <laughs> I hope it does. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Toby Watson. Um, look, he made his debut last year. So, he played in round eight uh, as his debut and only had 26. But I really liked his style of play. So, he's a ball winner and an interceptor. So, these are good traits for fantasy defenders. Um, so, yeah, he scored that 26 in his first game. Let's just put that down to nerves, learning the game. I love writing off bad scores and making it sound better for my analysis. I did it last week with uh, Lockie Fogarty as well. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> he played yeah. eight bad games and he played one. So, no, if you didn't have those eight bad games, you would have averaged 100. It's only yeah. the one game I, I allowed to bring out. Yeah, right, right. I only take, never take more than one. Not like um, Harry Schoenberg. He put up bad games every week and only played one good game. Yeah, and it was a bloody good yeah, game. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, look, his second game though, Tobe Watson. Tobe, Toby, I mean. Um, he had 66. Get so the names right. 82.5 BCV. But then he got dropped. So I was a bit disappointed with that because I actually brought him in a classic team as a cheap option. So that sucked. But anyway. Played, round, played back again in round 17, worked his way back into the side, scored 54, so that was a 67.5 BCV. Not awful. Look, he has the goods to be the fantasy scorer, but just doesn't really get a game often enough. Mm. If he can secure a spot, I think he's going to be best um, – sorry, I think he you know could be handy. But whether he's best 22, I just don't know if he will be. So I'd say draft late on that, unless you're really keen on him and stash him further. But, yeah. I think a full-strength Fremantle is a hard yeah. uh, side to break into in the defense. You know, like even um, – we'll talk about him later, but someone like uh, Talon Jaman, you know, he yeah. wasn't even my best 22 there and he played a lot of footy last year. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about that um, – that back line, Ryan Hughes, Ethan Hughes, Wilson, is the big one that kind of emerged, that kind of pushing a lot of these other. Players but he just out. plays such a good role. Yeah, like yeah. he plays that lockdown role, and whereas I think maybe a Watson or a Demand play a bit more attacking, and they want Young to play that role, they want Wilson to play that role, so that yeah. you can't have everyone back there. Unfortunately, no, I agree. Um, Matty Tabernar is the guy I'll talk about next. Uh, he must have just snuck onto this show, Doc, too, because he averaged a pretty solid 72 last year, but that was down on his dominant 86 average in 2019. Um, I think he could be a guy that slides through the drafts and be left aside because, number one, he's a key forward and people kind of don't like key forwards. They, you're in that boat, unfortunately. But I like them now. Two, you don't really hear about much about Matt Tabernard outside WA, but the yeah. season he put together in 2019 was Amazing, and he's a good player and a very, very good scorer. So, even last year, which was a quite a year, he had three BCV tons, um, but just did have those few lane games. But we talk about a guy who longer quarters will suit, and this is Matt Tabernar. So, look at these stats in uh, what do you so last year through the whole season, he played 98% time on ground. And he had nine of 16 games where he didn't come off the ground. Wow. Played a full 100%. Is so, that unusual for key forwards though? Especially uh, last year in the shortened quarters? Probably not. But, yeah. you know, you're talking about shortened quarters. So, therefore, there's more time in the quarters and he's still not coming off and there's still no inter- and there's less interchanges. 
He's out there longer. Oh, you mean this year? Yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, I get you. So, like, yeah. you know, he plays 20 minutes. He's out there for 20 minutes. He'll yeah. be out there for 25 minutes this year. Yeah. So, he should be bouncing back to that 86 or something like that. Look, he's 27 and there's still plenty good years left in him. Fremantle is slowly starting to improve. Um, I think he's a really, really good get. I think he might slide a bit. I think he might even go back into a draft and you could get an absolute forward bargain. He's one of those players that I really like, especially if you're pushing for a flag mm-hmm. and they're going to be in drafts every year. Like They're very rare. Unless you're keeping like a super super deep list yeah. very rarely is he going to be kept each year so key forwards aren't sexy and he yeah. didn't have a good year and he's from Fremantle so it's an easy a non-thinking yeah. you know drop and the guys who finish bottom of your ladder in your draft are the ones generally rebuilding so they go for all the young guns in your first few picks and mm-hmm. you know and that could be the first few rounds as well but he's one you could kind of get maybe round three round four mm-hmm. if he slides that far without many other people thinking about him and yeah. will put up 70 plus most weeks. Mm. So, super handy for those pushing for a flag. Not one that you'd really want to keep, but I'm a big fan of him as well. I'm a big um, fan. Yeah. So Especially this year when Ford's a bit a bit light on. I yeah. think he's one you could target quite easily, maybe get for quite cheap in a trade even. Yep. Agree. Uh, I'll move on to Hayden Young. So, I reckon get on board this kid. Um, if he didn't get injured last year, I reckon he would be 2G4P already. So... He debuted in round two, started really slow, scored 30, uh, 39, then um, had 32 in his second game. So, not great. But then he went bang with a 77 in round four and then a 58 in um, in uh, round uh, after the round after that, round five, obviously, which <laughs> had a 72.5 BCV. Then he got injured in his last game, leaving the ground with only two points. So, when you look at him play, he's the perfect fantasy defender, like interceptor, great ball user. He's a meters game player and I know that he, that's not a fantasy scoring thing, but it generally means they want the ball in his hands or he has his ball, the ball in his hands quite a bit. So, um, he averaged 41.6 last year um, and that was um, without the two-point game. Oh, sorry, without the two-point game, he averaged 51.2. So, he might take a couple years, but I reckon he will be a gun of the future. What do you think, Cass? Um Yeah, super keen on him and I'm even more keen because I read this, you know, AFL article, classic yeah kind of source of information this time of year but it said he doesn't want to move into the midfield he wants to nail down a half back flank spot I couldn't so see him moving in there anyway as an owner as an owner of him you know that's great because you know you're going to bank at him being a defender next year that's which is what you want. want and he's coming into his third year breakout year next year no, second year Sec- yeah. Yeah, next year oh sorry the year after next year yeah. so he's going to have back status as a second year oh, free yeah. swing then he'll have it again as a third year. So yeah, perfect. Um, but no, he looks the goods. Um, you know, him, Sarong, Chera, uh, Brochure, uh, mm-hmm. all look really, really good in that Fremantle side. So um, there's a lot to be excited about as a Docker supporter. His third year is not going to matter, mate, because he's going to be 2G4P by then. Yeah, but you know you can invest now okay. and okay. really reap the rewards later, as I'm right. saying. This uh, next guy is a guy I really liked last year. Mm. Um, I talked about him a lot. I used to call him Mini Robbie Gray. Oh, that's probably a bit, is of, he a, that bit good? of a stretch. Oh, wow. But yeah, no, the I was way impressed. He, the way he moves, and yeah. this is Lockie Schultz we're talking about. Yeah, because I was impressed with we're, Schultz. We're prone to not actually mentioning the guy's name. Lachlan Schultz. <laughs> yeah, no, he was very, very good last year too. Um, yeah, he did impress me. So I'm actually excited about what 2021 can hold for him. Uh, played every single game last year and averaged a respectable 60. Um, for a small forward, that's pretty, pretty good. Um, and he did finish off the season really, really strongly as well. He averaged 71 after the buy. So I think that was about eight or nine games they played back to back. And he came home with a 71. So also to, um, some nice games in that patch two, scoring 83, 90 and 116. So he looks like a, a little bit of a fantasy jet uh, for me up forward. You know, Brandon Matera is gone. So that just opens up that forward line spot. You know, Liam Henry's a bit in and out. 
Oh, I just think that if he can um, get up the ground a bit more, keep finding those contests up towards the wing, push back, do what he does, kick some snags, I reckon he is going to be a good, good find in 2021. I just think he's going to slide in drafts. I yeah. think he's got that name where unless you are really watching him like we do um, and, you know, probably a lot of you other guys out there do, there's going to be people who just don't know who he is. It's just, yeah. oh, free man or forward, nah, not too interested. But I think you can get him mid to late in a draft and be a very handy F5, maybe even just good cover. Yeah. He's one of those players that looks a lot better than he scores, mm. but a lot of the guys that look good tend to turn out to, They'll find to be their way good. Yeah, to tend the, to turn to be good. good scores, yeah. Yeah, especially like he really, I think he, the only debut last year, he really only cemented his spot. I remember around um, on the Marsh series, it was called last year, he had a few big games there and really turned a few heads. And then obviously you come into the main season and it's going to be a lot tougher. But mm. if he can kind of bring that kind of form, and we saw people like um, Ridley who used to always carve up the Marsh series yep. and then, you know, never really bring it into the main series, but then into the main rounds. But then, you know, one year he actually does bring it in and gets just more opportunity and, you know, gets to go and get some experience. Mm. You can see what they can do. And I kind of liken him to, to kind of that. Um, Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he disappoints us all and doesn't score that well. But there's something to like about him, I think, and just the way he goes about it. If he can, you know, boost the fantasy scoring a little bit, get a few more kicks, maybe run through the midfield a little bit more, he should be okay. But even for his role, I think, doing the best 22s, he just slots, he's just naturally in there. Yeah, exactly. He's just straight in there. So, uh, he holds that spot and, you know, it's a bit of natural improvement. I think he's one to watch. Yep. I'm going to talk about, speaking of debuts, I'm going to talk about a guy who hasn't debuted yet, Mm -hmm. but that's uh, Luke Valente. So, where is this kid at, Kay? So, he's coming into his third year, but we haven't seen him yet. How are you supposed to break out if you haven't played any football? It just will happen. Doesn't really know about how this works, does he? But anyway, he was drafted with a serious groin uh, groin issue. Um, So, he just hasn't been able to get that right. And he's had two years in the system and he hasn't managed a preseason yet. So, that's put him behind the eight ball every Mm -hmm. year. But apparently this year, he hasn't missed a session. He's tearing the track up. Well, the thing is, the track has been in Adelaide because I think he's been stuck here since Christmas or something like that. I think WA closed the borders again. So, I read somewhere that he has been training at Henley Sharks um, at their oval, say, with a few other SA boys that are here as well. So, I think he's back in Perth now. I'm not sure how long ago this was, so he might have been back for a while. But, uh, yeah, he's tearing up the track there now in Perth. <laughs> so, that's good. <laughs> um, but, anyway, despite um, despite of being um, one of the, I guess, the most highly touted juniors in the 2018 draft, he just hasn't featured yet. So, in the Sanford under-18s, he averaged 117 points per game. Okay, so... In fact, he was the be- fifth best fantasy scorer in that draft and behind Ben King, oh, sorry, Max King, sorry, who had like 147 in the one game he played because he kicked 10 goals. Um, Aaron Nishke, Bailey Smith, Sam Walsh that mm. were in front of him. I can't wait to talk about Aaron Nishke actually yeah. later on. But um, Bailey Smith, Sam Walsh, guns, you know. So he was the fifth best behind those names. And you take Max, Max wouldn't have averaged that over a full season. So he's probably the fourth best in that year. Um Average 87 for SA at the under-18 champs too. He was a top 10 scorer there when uh, in the overall competition. And they obviously rate him because they handed him Pavlich's number. Walked through the door, said, I'll take big Matthew raps, Pavlich's number, raps. please. And they said, no worries, sir. Here you go, take it. So, wearing the number 29 is back. He's an inside mid. He's got the eyes on Frio's midfield this year alongside Fife, um, Brayshaw, Chera, that kind of young group. And he would complement it quite well if he can get fit. Um, and if he does get fit, he should debut this year. And he should be a reasonable scorer if he does play. A lot of ifs and shoulds in there. But he's a kid that we've been bringing up for years. And mm-hmm. it looks like he's finally got his body right. How do you feel about him? Uh, I feel he's one you want to kind of draft if you can. But where you draft him is going to be that uh, big question. So, um, he's got all the... 
the assets to be a good player. We just need him to get that game time. It's kind of hard to say it, but Fremantle's midfield is kind of hard to crack. You know, you've got yeah. Fife, uh, Brayshaw, uh, Chera, um, even uh, Sarong kind of coming through there. You know, like there's some good names. So he's got to beat some of those guys for a spot. He doesn't look like a small forward or a half forward flanker kind of type to me. He looks like he's in or out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'd love to see them um, give him some games at some stage this year. Um, but we'll kind of see what happens with Frio. But uh, one, if you can get late, I think is just a, a speculative ad for sure. For it. Uh, a few monitors there, Case. Yeah, just a few monitors um, were on the dock. Uh, Talon Jaman, who we touched on earlier, and Ethan Hughes. So, look, they're both handy players for the Dockers, but also both role players. So, Hughes was a very, very impressive stopper who can also find the ball in his day. But, look, he had a PB average of 64 last year, which just probably doesn't quite cut it as, um, you know, a week-in, week-out player for your side. Um but uh, I was going to say, and Jaman is only 22. Uh, has shown glimpses of some very, very good scores um, in 2018, 2019. But my issue with him is I uh, don't have him in that best 22. And look, if you look at it, you've got Luke Ryan back there. Hamling and Pierce are strong. Hughes plays his role. Wilson Young off the halfback flank. Um, he, he's probably a, a mid to late pick um, because he's good is good. But uh, will we see it consistently in 2021? I'm not too sure. You might need someone to get injured. He's the type of bloke that comes in when someone does get injured, when yep. Luke Ryan was looking a bit proppy last year yeah. and things like that. His first couple of years looked really good, mm. but just kind of fell by the wayside since yeah. then. And Look, he could still find his way, fight his way into that side and, and could be good. But uh, yeah, it's just not. I'm not as confident as I want to be to, to tip, him into, tip you into him. For sure. All right. That wraps up our uh, three clubs there. And uh, we'll move on to some uh, membership stuff just quickly. So, again, we'll reiterate, um, if you appreciate the work that we do and you enjoy the podcast, um, please consider supporting us and becoming a member. Okay, so I did a bit of um, research on our show. I just had a look at our show doc, doc today. Mm. How many words do you think we wrote in this week? Words? Yeah, just have an estimate. Mm, there's a few pages. So I don't know, like 2,400. 3,500 words we wrote preparing for this show. Um, today. Commitment. Plus, we you know do the show, do the website articles, all that sort of stuff as well. Eighteen pages. This show doc is. We might actually put a little snippet of one out one day. It might be interesting. People will be so bored. Oh, they might it's want to see what we do. Who knows? Rubbish. Behind the scenes. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners decide. You want to see one of our show docs? See what actually the prep that goes into this show. Um, yeah, let us know. We'll actually give you a, give you a look and see what we do. Um, but just saying that, like, yeah. Takes a lot of time in the week, so just if you appreciate, you get a lot of good info out of it. Um, maybe just consider becoming a member. No pressure, but yeah. Anyway, if you do become a member, we'll reward you with some great um, resources. So we've got draftee numbers. There's no prospectus this year, case. So if you mm. want to know what all the AFL draftees um, average, they are around on the internet, but you have to do a bit of scraping and um, on the dark web, aren't they? Hef? Not on the dark web, but the the figures aren't there, so you have to add up okay. all the kicks, handballs, okay. all that sort of stuff, and you have to do the numbers, and you have to yeah. get it from all the individual web pages. So it's a bit mm. hard to do unless you're. Nah. You can scrape it all. No one's got that much time. Yeah, I do. Want it in one, <laughs> you want it in one precise location, no, which is where it is, the keeperleaguepod.com.au. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You could spend a day yeah, getting yeah. this information, but it's just right there in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also the breakout tracker as well that lets you track any player in the competition um, in their first 100 games and compare them to the best in the competition at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's good for spotting the up-and-comers. I played with that a bit today. Very handy. Oh, did you? Mm. I love it when you use my stuff. It's mm. good. My resources. Um, and then we got rankings coming 
coming out next week. So we'll probably start with the defenders next day. Your face just dropped because that's just more work for I've us. Got to do. a lot of work to do. <laughs> okay. So do I. But uh, we'll get them done. Don't worry. Plenty of plenty of time. Doesn't take that long. Um, so yeah, if you're keen, head to uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Click on the membership button um, to sign up. Each week we say thank you to our gold members. So these are the people that spend uh, forty bucks a year and uh, get their name read out in the pod, as well as a, as a bonus Facebook group that they get as well, where they chat to. You're not very active on it, Kays, but I'm very active on it. So I'm always chatting away in there. So you are. You need to uh, get involved, mate, because they're missing you in there. I told one of our um, embarrassing drafting uh, trade stories. We actually came out on top. So that um, may have happened once. So there's only, <laughs> there must have been one of those stories. <laughs> there's been a good thread on the worst trades you've ever done in there. So anyway, I'll um, feature in that. You'll need to get on that. Uh, anyway, so thank you to the gold members, uh, Nick Pedden, Russell Beasley, James Brennan, Gage Smith, and Harley Philp in there. So again, the links are in the description. If you're keen to sign up, just uh, check underneath the podcast here. And uh, yeah, there's also, we've, we've got t-shirts on the website that uh, there's still plenty available. So if you want one and you want one for cheap, just use the discount code 20T and you get yourself a T for 20 bucks. They're the white one, white versions of these ones. Okay, so we actually had a podcast review. This is the last podcast review. We're up to date with them though. So um, we would like some more if possible, please. Yeah, <laughs> send them through. So we can read them out and also it just helps us um, with the charts and things like that. So if you're on an Apple device, please um, head to the review section on the app and uh, yeah, um, write one there for us. Feel free to ask questions in that as well because you get them ahead of time. You definitely get them answered. All right. So this one's from Craig11 and it's entitled Kombucha and Keepers. So- Having just started a new league, there was only one stop I had to make sorry, to, had to make to get all the knowledge needed to dominate. All of it while having a healthy gut. Get around the leads and a cheeky lads and a cheeky little um, remedy kombucha plug. There. The official drink of yes. AFL Fantasy. So thank you, Craig Eleven, for that. All right, let's get stuck into the listener questions. Uh, lots of questions coming through this week. Yeah, um, people are starting to think about fantasy. It's really starting to pick up. I always find the first one of the year it's a bit slow, but then um, you know people. now it starts to build up, and then yeah. you get to like the middle of the preseason, you mm-hmm. know February, and it's just wow. How do we keep up with all this? But anyway, um, got a few here, so we'll get stuck in. Uh, we actually had one um, on the chat, and if mm-hmm. you've got any questions um, on the chat, uh, get them in now, and we'll just have a look before the end to see um, if there's any there. Uh, Matt says on the chat, I uh, mm-hmm. love my tea, wear it everywhere. So thank you, Matt. Uh, it's good, good to man, see Matt. people have it's actually, very stylish. People actually wear it. I'm sure you're getting lots of compliments too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know Doss was getting heaps when he was wearing his. Actually, Doss used, uh, wore his so much that the logo's peeled off. So I have to give him a new one. He needs, needs to learn how to wash his clothes properly. I think. All right. Dylan Brooks, he asks, Kays, what do you think of two meter Peter? How do you think he's the fantasy score this year? Uh, I think he's going to be good. Um, looking back on his older stats from at the, the Suns, look, he didn't play last year, we know. But uh, look, he averaged around the, the high 60s um, for a couple of those years, uh, put together four tons in the four seasons that he was there. So I think, um, you know, and that's when Gold Coast weren't necessarily going that great. So um, Essendon will still be around the mark. They've probably got a few more better ball users than Gold Coast did 
corresponding time there. So um, he's going to be the main target up forward if he's fit and firing. Uh, he does have a handy fantasy uh, game. And look, he's always good for, you know, five or six or eight hit outs a game. And obviously we know Sam Draper's still young. So um, two meter Peter might get a bit more of a, uh, a chop out in there. So um, I think the prospects are good. And obviously as a, as a forward um, this year is um, one you could definitely look at um, potentially either keeping or, or drafting reasonably early. All right. Um, what's the next one? Case? Next question is from Tom Strout. How do you see the value from a keeper perspective of Parrish and Tucker now that they have lost forward status? They're both young with potential, but will they reach it? You're probably more versed on Essen than I am, but I'll give my opinion first. I'll see what you think. Mm. Um, Parrish, he's just way down the midfield depth chart, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, same with Tucker as well with, you know, your Fife, your Brayshaw, your Cheras, your um, Sarongs. Jeez, what a gun that kid is. Um, they're just so far down, I reckon. So, they're still good players to like round out your midfield. Like, you know, your mid five, six, seven ranges. If you need to play them there, absolutely mm. no shame in it, I don't think. Mm. I just can't see them getting better. That's yeah. the only thing. Um, I reckon with in terms of forward status, do you, I don't think Parrish gets it. Well, Parrish might get it back. What do you think? No, I think he's in that midfielder on that wing. Yeah. And, and I was looking at Parrish because uh, I've got him in a in our um, podcasters league. He loses four status for me. Yeah. You know, like, do you keep an 80 average for midfielder? Yeah. Because that's what he is. He's an 80 average midfielder. He's I never think, averaged more. I think you do. Everyone, every team's got eight average midfielders. Yeah, but I've got a very, very stacked midfield oh, in my side. Done. Yeah, definitely. You can, have, you can have uh, Darcy Parrish. Oh, thanks, man. I'll give you nothing for no, that. I've got Cornelio, <laughs> Hunter, Steele, McLuggage. Yeah, you know, not too bad. You yeah. know, so you've got some of those guys. If you, you know, like, it's a tough decision whether he's a keeper or not. I just yeah. don't know if he is. And what has – has he ever really, really, really looked like dominating an AFL game and tearing it apart and yeah. taking it from an 80 to 100 average? No. I could see I could see Tucker – going back to the question. I could see Tucker maybe playing forward again, but if he does – the fantasy scoring just drops anyway. Yeah. So there's no point. He really, you really need to capitalize on Tucker last year, I think, where he was, you know, yeah, talked about playing on the wing yeah. and, and, yeah, had the four status. Mm-hmm. I think he's one that might let you down a bit going forward, no matter mm-hmm. what he does, I mm-hmm. think. Anyway, uh, new gold member at Skill Breakers Welcome. is asking in a 12 team 30 keeper league, how capable is Dylan Clark? Not very capable at all. No. Um, look, he did play the last eight games of 2020, but only averaged 55. Um, for me, I think he's always going to be a role player or a tagger at the Dons. You know, as we've, we're talking about, you know, Darcy Parrish not really being high up there pecking order uh, just means Dylan Clark's even further down. So um, I think you throw him back in the pool. And I think if you really were that keen on picking him up, I don't think he's going to be too much, um, you know, contest for his services at your side. Yeah. All right. Next question. Is at GJ for, for Brooks. How do Stevenson and Zerha work together? I have both and wondering if I should be moving one on. All right. Um, I think that they both rotate through the midfield this mm-hmm. year. So I think North Melbourne are going to kind of use a lot of different people through their midfield this year. Um, just a little hunch on that one, Case. Um, <laughs> just a hunch. Yeah, just a hunch. Hopefully no one's understanding what we're picking up uh, there. But look, um, I think they're both, well, especially um, especially Zerha, he's a bit of a ball. They'll use him through there. And I think Stevenson definitely has the skills and attributes to actually roll through there. But I still think they're going to be important for um, the forward line. So I think both of them will be playing splits mm-hmm. between forwards and midfield. So I don't think they'll impact each other too much. I think they might actually work pretty well. They might even rotate through the midfield together mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't think they're going to be too bad um but yeah i think um i think they'll be fine so i wouldn't stress too much about those two i think they'll actually complement each other a bit what do you reckon do you think they'll hurt each other uh i completely agree with you no okay. i think i think um 
Stevenson, I think, is going to be – they're different. You know, yeah. as you said, Zerha is a kind of more in and under Jack Zebel type. Stevenson can play a bit more of an outside role. I don't think they're both going to be taking either a midfield spot away from one another or yeah. a forward spot away from one yeah. another. So I think they can both, easily coexist. They're both needed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question at Hutcho180. Is Dev Robertson the next in line small forward or mid at Brisbane? Um, it's hard to say with no football last year. You didn't even get to see the guy play at all. Um, but look, you'd think Rayner and um, Cameron um, – uh, sorry, Charlie Cameron. I got confused there because his name is Cameron. <laughs> um, you think Rayner and Cameron are going to be around for a long time though. So I don't mm. see how the next up and coming when those guys are kind of still the next up and coming. But I think I know what you mean, like the next guy coming through. I could see him replacing like someone like Lincoln McCarthy. But, you know, if he's playing forward – like is even worth having because he's mm-hmm. known as like an inside ball winner who racked up the touches in his junior years. Mm-hmm. Will he ever do that playing forward? Mm-hmm. He's one of those players that you hope, I reckon he gets traded or something really bad happens. You don't want something bad to happen to people, but something, you know, the midfield makeup doesn't actually work at Brisbane or something goes wrong there and they need to try some other options through the midfield. Yeah. Don't see that happening at all, though. I think that midfield is a well-oiled machine, and um, I don't see where he gets a run. And if he does get a run in the forward line, I just don't think it's going to be that fantasy-worthy. Yeah, tend to agree. Uh, Next question is from uh, Simon Evans. Which forward and defender do you think are both both most likely this year to improve to be 2G4P and retain their forward and defender status in future years, i.e. not increase points because of more midfield time? Did a little filter on our stats start. Stats database, and I got rid of anyone who was um, ranked 150th or above in the fantasy last year. Mm-hmm. And a few guys that I like the look of that are you know around the 2G4P mark that could get there with a bit of a push or a bit of a jump this year. Um, I think Jack Scrimshaw is a chance to go there. Mm-hmm. I think Jack Lacocious is yep. very close to jumping in there. Big time. Um, Nick Caulfield. Mm-hmm. I think could be 2G4P um, by the end of this season. Will Day, even though it's only second year, he looked the goods um, going forward. So, so there is second year, cases of second years that do get the uh, the 2G4P status. I might just hit the button. Hit the button. And, and then I'm not sure if it actually worked. can't actually see it on the screen, but um, the 2G4P button there as well. Um, and I think Quainer or um, Lockie Scholl are a chance as well, although I'm probably mm-hmm. less confident on them. I think they may just need a um, another year playing similar roles to get better. But I think there's a chance there as well. Um, for the forwards, slim picking the forwards, man, it's really yeah. hard to pick. But I think someone who should jump in, I can say, like, I think that I'm pretty confident they'll get to like that 80 average 2G4P status. I think Zach Butters will get up there. And a lot of people are talking about him playing a lot of midfield time. But I think he is going to. I think his pressure is just way too important for Port Adelaide in the forward line. I think you probably see, I said this before, I think Rosie going into the midfield, Butters kind of just pinch hitting more and playing a lot more forward because that forward pressure is immense. We need it so badly up there. Mm. So I can see him keeping it. I think Cam Rayner can get to that 80 average, I think. I don't think he'll get too much more than that, but he'll get to the point where he's going to be kept in most leagues, so he will be 2G4P. But yeah, I'm not confident on many more players in the forward line hitting that 2G4P status. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Yeah, at AFL Stats, mate. Who is currently on each of the hosts' buses and who might make their way on there this year? Can we just – this is going to sound so random for the new um, <laughs> listeners. So, last year we, we got told that we were saying um, your boy way too much yep. on players, a bit of feedback. So, we decided that you can only claim – or you can only claim the number of guys you could take on – you're likely to get on a footy trip. Yep. So, they jump, the on the, bus. jump on the mini bus yep. and they come on footy trip with you. So, they're the boys you can claim because you can't just claim every guy's your boys because it probably just gets annoying. Um, but I <laughs> You look, try and do it. 
No, I don't. You, you, do. you say my boy for oh, so many players, yes. but I never actually claim them. You're oh, okay. like, F, this is one of your boys. Claim F, this is one of your boys. Claim away. I never claim them. Claim These are the guys away. I will claim as my boys though. And okay. I only claim guys that are in my team case. So the boys I'm claiming are Jake Lloyd. And I know mm. he's 2G4P, yes. but he's Continue. just a guy. He's my Move captain. On. I love him. Um, and Maynard, who is 2G4P also, but he wasn't last year. He was like one of the guys we kept pumping up in the preseason last year that would get 2G. Jimmy Warple. These are all guys that have gone big on the podcast and then gone big mm-hmm. um, in real life. So basically just our success stories. So Jimmy Warple's one. Jai Caldwell is on the bus. Um, will Day is on the bus. Jordan Dawson's on the bus. And Andrew Brayshaw is just driving the thing. He drives it. Yeah, he does. Love him. Yeah, well, obviously, Benny Keys has the keys to my bus, <laughs> uh, the captain of the team, uh, closely followed by vice captain Jack Bowes. Look, obviously, I've got a couple of Crows boys on there as well with uh, Harry Schoenberg. He's well and truly on the bus and uh, Jackson Haitley. Look, I think um, there's a couple of new additions. I think after his year last year, Liam Duggan, uh, both. Ooh, that's um, I like that. The, it's a bit of a left field. His, uh, yeah. his ability off that half back line and plus the Moulet gets him on the bus. Oh, he'd be good on footy um, Yeah, he'd love it. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Rowbottom, big fan of him as well. He's on the bus. And I think, look, I could easily claim, um, what's his name, Matty Rao, but I'm just going to let the people have him. He can be everyone's favourite player. I'm not, I'm not that selfish. Yeah. I think a guy who could make the way onto the bus for me is Luke Jackson. I want him to have a big 2021. Uh, he's also got a nice little mullet. So uh, he could be the big force on my bus. I don't think he's going to be doing anything this season, but definitely one for the future. Hey, I was just thinking, can I just have Ben Keys for like one game just so he's eligible for footy trip? Because I love him now too. Uh, only when I've got to buy. Okay. Or if you're out of finals contention, can I just borrow him? I, just, I won't even play But him. I don't want you to win. I'm really- I'll put t- him on the bench just so he can come- Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so, there was a guy you bagged for basically 12 months straight and then he comes on the podcast and now you're like best friends. Yeah. What, what's your point? <laughs> you're a horrible person. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, next question. So, at Bangers and Mash 85, thoughts on Dacos- uh, his potential year this year. Um, and what do you think Blake Akers can continue at the end of his year? I'll let you take this um, one. I will take this one. So, look, this is what I looked up today on the uh, breakout track. I was like, where is Josh Dacos sitting? Because we've we've claimed him 2G4P. Yep, sorry, hit the button. Um, because he had just had an amazing year last year. He's actually five points per game up on the top uh, 20 mids at the same point in their career. So, he's on fire. Like, his, trage- his tra- trajectory is massive like he's beating like Dylan Shear was at the time and stuff like that he genuinely has the goods so I think he can be pretty um, confident in knowing that uh, Josh Dacos is going to have a massive year and on to Blake Akers I think he's fit this year which has always been his knock the last couple of years I think he came into that last year at the Saints a little bit underdone and the same at Fremantle last year look we can we see what he did uh, last year on a wing for Fremantle when he's up and about he's a very very good fantasy player so um, I think he can definitely continue his form into this year I've just cracked my second Remedy can butcher for you. Genuinely have an issue. I have a problem. You have an issue. Um, I'm not sure who this question's from, but it is for you, Hef. I'm chasing a flag in my dynasty league this year. Do you think experienced forwards like Jesse Hogan and Josh Caddy are worth picking up? They're available as free agents in my league and have put up good numbers in the past. I forgot to copy and paste the name in. Apologies for that. Um, I cannot remember Listen off the top of my head. But no, yeah, I think it might have even been a gold member, so I apologize. Um, Hogan, for me, is just too much of a liability, Correct. I think. Um, especially with Finless and... Himmelberg, Riccardi, he's probably going to end up fourth in line anyway. So, mm. it's probably just not worth owning. Like maybe with your last pick, like if you can get him late enough, maybe mm. like maybe worth the punt. Um, maybe Caddy late as well. Like if you can get the body right and play a bit more of a fantasy role, um, which he's shown he can do in the past, he might be okay just as cover. I don't mind them as cover, like that sort of thing. And, when you, and yeah. if, you, if you're trying to flag up 
You need these cover is good, yeah. but I don't think Katie's going to win your grand final or something like that. Nah. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Crotty is Butterick a keeper in Dynasty League? Uh, numbers weren't great, but normally just happy with the rookie playing in his first year. Uh, hoping he could turn into a Caleb Daniel with his disposal and fantasy history. Uh, just worried because he's a bit short in stature like Caleb is. Yeah, well, I think that should encourage him more than anything. Yeah. Um, look, depends how deep your team rolls. Like in our league, if he's keeping sixteen, probably not. Dynasty league, he should be. Yeah, he should be. Well and even and if you're pushing probably to the twenty mark, you know, around that, he's probably worth a spot there because there there are a lot of um, similarities between the two. So they're both mid forward as juniors that find themselves in defence. Both exceptionally skilled players. Um, both really good junior fantasy scorers as well. And we've seen Caleb Daniel progress into a good, you know, um, senior fantasy scorer as well. But again. The Depends how many you can keep um, or if you're like a little ways off a flag and you can take a few riskier ones because you're not going to win this year anyway. So you might as well take some speculative ones over the old guys that are going to retire in the next couple of years, maybe then as well. But um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go too, if you're only keeping like, you know, 14, 15 around that mark, I probably wouldn't be keeping him. And last question for the night from at Aaron Ludwig, 14, Shy Bolton, does he go to the next level? Um, maybe. So, Richmond just don't play the style that leads to good fantasy scorers. There's no mm-hmm. one really big in there. Like, Dusty Martin is good, but he still doesn't go big, like, in comparison to the rest of the players in the comp. So, there's a little bit um, a little bit there that, um, you know, well, there's not a lot there in terms of fantasy scoring. They have too much of an even spread, I think. They're a bit mm-hmm. like Geelong as well, because mm-hmm. I think the best scorer for Geelong was, like, Guthrie last year. Yeah. It was only, like, yep. in the 80s, which I guess is a BCV ton. But, ton. yeah. Um, look, I just don't see him going backwards, though. That's for sure. So... Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he goes another level, that's all. So I think he kind of plateaus and stays at this, which is good and definitely worth keeping. The issue is I do see him losing four status going forward, mm. I think, as well. So that's a bit of a worry as well if you are relying on him in the uh, in the forward line as well. So, yeah, that uh, wraps up, Kate. Unless there's anything in the comments that has come through. Uh, there's one from uh, AJS Hawker. Mm. Um, how early is too early to go on someone you really like to make sure you get them in your team? It depends how much you like them. Oh, don't ask me that question. Yeah. I always go early. Um it's a tough one. It, it depends on obviously your your league situation, but if you're really going to kick yourself for missing out on someone, I'd always try and get them because you know there's nothing worse than missing out on someone you really really like. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's one more in the question here. Sam Flanders as a breakout forward this year. Um, I have to see more of him to really make mm. an assessment. I think um, I'll look up his numbers quickly from last year, and then I think I've got his um, I've got his fantasy numbers on the website in the archive, which is a, a good little plug there. So his junior fantasy numbers. Um, in the in the archive there, but not a player I've watched super closely. I'll just bring up his numbers from last year and see how he went um, up there at Gold Coast. So the internet's just loading really slow. Didn't set the world on fire, obviously. If my if our website would load, which it has, um, I'll just look up his junior fantasy score. So yeah, Nabal League he averaged ninety, so not too bad. And I think he actually did make one of the top players in our top twenty mm. fantasy draftees last year. So with Gold Coast, so it's just the they've got a glut of good young. Yeah, talent. it's the competition for spots is real. But the positive sign that he did get the um, get the opportunity last year. I don't know if the breakout happens this year. If it does happen, I'd. Someone I'd probably be looking at in the third year a bit more. If you could stash a big great yeah, stash. Just to see what happens a bit more, um, I guess, the way that Gold Coast actually structure up and, um, yeah, just how who they play mm. in their side, really. But, uh, yeah, 
Anyways, uh, I guess that wraps it up. So it does. Thanks for joining us for a, another week. Sorry about the, uh, I guess, the um, technical difficulties. We had For those listening on the podcast, I think it worked fine. Uh, we had Kays working for the first part of the show and uh, there was something else that fucked up there somewhere. But oh, doesn't good. matter. Nah, that's all right. The podcast, High quality content. The podcast will still sound fine. So, yeah. Um, get around us on our socials. So, uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all at Keeper League Pod. Um, huge thank you to everyone that jumped on the Instagram during the week. There actually was like a noticeable influx of like maybe 40 people that jumped on. That's right. So I'd like to get it up a bit higher than the 220 that we've got. Keep going, guys. But, uh, yeah, if you've got Instagram, make sure you uh, follow us uh, on Keeper League Pod just to help get the numbers up there and get a bit more traction there as well. Um, so uh, Twitter and Facebook are uh, going great guns. So thanks for all the followers there. And thanks for the conversation particularly, mm. especially on Kay's Best 22s. There's heaps yeah. of chat on that. Um, really boost. Keep the, being uh, mean to me. Yeah, Bring it on. Kay's loves it. Yep. Kay's will keep throwing in dodgy um, questions just to build, <laughs> just dodgy selections no. just to uh, build no, the no, chat. No. <laughs> It's my honest belief. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he actually believes this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Anyways, uh, thanks heaps for joining us for another week. Uh, thanks heaps for those who watched the stream live and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys.